When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast, game week 10 of the 22-23 Premier League season, episode 169. I'm James and today I'm joined by Rocco Dean. Hello. Uh, coming up we'll discuss uh, our game with Palace, we'll preview the Arsenal game and we'll check in on our predictions and also Fantasy Premier League. I mean it's always lovely to see you, but why are we meeting in these dire circumstances? <laughs> why? That's the question. Let's Let's talk about it. It was... It was bad, wasn't it? It was really worrying. Well, oh, it was the, like all the bad things that, that we'd worried about happening in front of us. The day got off to a bad start. I was watching Sky Sports. I paid Now TV for my pass. Oof, even got much. even opted for Boost so I could watch us have a shit day in HD. <laughs> and um, Paul Merson and a few other pundits were on there, and he got he got asked a question. I can't remember what it was. It was something like, "What do, what what of Leeds?" Where have Leeds got to end up today, or something like that? And he was like, "Crystal Palace." And I was like, "Oh my god, this is this this is the start, isn't it?" I kind of from that moment, I knew it was all downhill from there, and it was. And then he called us Leicester City a minute later. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? Uh, I mean, it got it got good for 10, 15 minutes, didn't it? First twenty minutes, I suppose, were good. But like, I've I've now looked at that good start is like a, a bad thing. You know, I'm sort of thinking, well, you know, if we get that sort of brilliant start and and still end up losing like that, it's a really bad sign. Like you try and stay positive and look at the bright side, but after something like that and the run we're on now, like just like it's it feels all of a sudden, but you look at the results now and it's just like not good at all. And then the fixtures coming up is even more worrying. It's very hard to stay positive in, uh, in times like this. Joe, who wrote our theme tune, uh, was messaging me prior to the game and he was worried, he was concerned about it. And I wasn't at all. I was. I said, nah, I, for, for me, I see us doing really well out of this game. And I predicted that Brandon Aronson would be our man of the match because Palace are a team that are really good with width, especially with Zaha. And that for us is the key to un- like allowing Leeds to have space in the middle. And mm. it felt like Brendan Aronson would potentially run the show. And and I was delighted early on when he obviously went on that run and he was really unlucky to to not score himself. And it rebounded out to Pascal, who striked it through the legs of uh, the defender quite, <laughs> quite nicely. And um, so I thought, yeah, you know, this is it. This is game on. And like you say, it was the first 20 minutes. And from there on, they just seemed to be tapping into us more and more and just stopping us. And back in the day with Bielsa, we used to start in the opposite manner where we would go out, play, and the first 15, 20 minutes were a case of us sizing up the opposition and then changing and then starting to play into the game. Today was the complete opposite of that. It was it was Palace sizing us up, changing shape, and then turning over the game, really. And I think that's that's what the main sort of worry for me was, was didn't really feel like we had an answer. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think Jesse did have a stinker in the end. I think his changes were a bit puzzling. Um, you know, bringing on Somerville as the first change, I, I thought was a bit of a funny one. I, you know, especially after you know he came on against Villa and you know two or three times he let you know sort of left the ball behind when he had a chance to burst forward. You know, he, he didn't. I don't think he did well, but you know he's given him another chance and. I think other people have said as well, you know, if you are going to give him another chance, if he's knocking on the door and, and he's going to be the first sub, yeah, you're looking back and, you know, easy with hindsight, but, you know, you're starting to think, well, you know, yeah, give him a try from the beginning if, if you believe in him because he's never really changed a match, but which is a big ask. I, I do feel like young players have to be given that confidence, you know, it's a huge boost to them if they're, if they're put in the team. I, you know, I, don't, I don't think you can wait forever and just expect them to, force them their way in from being a substitute all the time. Yeah, I sometimes think just just throw them in the deep end and see what happens. The under-21s are in a bit of an unfortunate position at the minute in that they're playing lower opposition. So the, mm. gap, the gap between the first team and the under-21s in terms of competitive levels is actually quite significant in comparison to what it used to be. And I don't think that's going to do them any favours coming into to the squad. And there's a, there's been a lot of talk of you know, players fall in between the cracks of the under 21s and the first team. And I, and I kind of agree with that, to be honest. I think, you know, looking back on it, you realise actually probably staying in that division for the reserves was, it was it was of our own making of having a small squad and, you know, as having such, yeah. been ravaged with injury last year. But actually that was probably pretty important to where we are right now and and pushing those players through. Definitely. And, and to be fair, you know, under Bielsa, I would have just, you know, gone along with whatever he decided and, you know, quite rightly said, he's the guy that sees them in training every single day. He knows them inside and out. Um, so who are we to, to question him? Um, so really, you should say the same about Marsh. Um, you know, there's no reason not to. He knows these players inside out. And yeah, it, it's one of those points where you, you're talking with hindsight. So it's almost irrelevant because I don't think anybody was... Well, I certainly wasn't calling for Somerville to start the game. I did just, yeah, I, I wish obviously he'd have, he'd have brought on Gelhart instead of Somerville at that point because it wasn't working for, for us up front. And Rodrigo, you know, that, that nice start they had to the season is, is long gone. I'm getting just to the point of, yeah, just getting sick of him, really. <laughs> I think we know what he is now after all this time. We're going to get some nice touches. He's got a brilliant shot on him. He's got a fantastic long-range shot. He can strike a ball magnificently, but he needs three touches and, you know, 10 yards of space to, to actually release a shot. So it's almost irrelevant. He was scored, like the goal at Southampton was good. And, and in that nine position, he, he, he has played really well. And I think it's that dropping back again where it, it all feels a bit uncertain. And I don't know how someone can continually look unfamiliar in that position when he's sort of played <laughs> played there for two years it's it's weird um yeah. I, I really like him as a person um baby like celebrations when he scores <laughs> are amazing and he's a great character for some reason it's just not working and something's got to give there but i don't think it will you know it's it's kind of bielsa kept him in the team marsh has kept him in the team so there's obviously something there in training I'm sort of just thinking he's not that good, but, um, you know, they do, everyone rates him. Um, and, you know, obviously look at the career he's had. I know his, you know, his goal scoring is not renowned, of course, but yeah, it, it's it's hard to sit here and say he's, he's useless. <laughs> it's quite easy to say it's been, you know, well over two years now and, and we just, we've never seen, never seen him really come to the fore. Match stats 
uh, possession 54.5% for them. They had like 13 shots on target to our 10. One interesting stat, I'm only plucking it out because I thought it was quite nice, was they had five, sorry, we had 555 touches. How many did they have? Hmm, 444? 666, Rocker. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's that's interest for you. That's, that's why we've got to... Uh, <laughs> Lean on the positives here. Magnificent work, well done. Was there any particular moments that stood out for you? Well, I watched it in the pub and um, I was quite taken aback when I got funny looks for calling Bamford a blonde bombshell. Has he got blonde hair? I think he's a blondie. I think he's blondie, sort of mousy. Yeah, that word did come up. Did it? Um, and so that didn't help your argument and I'm not helping it now. <laughs> No, maybe I'll just admit defeat on that one. He's committed well, to growing that barnet, though, isn't he? He is, yeah. You know, like, we were talking about this all the time, you know, he was friends of Calvin, wasn't he? Liam Duggan hair on Instagram, and there's always, like, videos of them getting the hair cut and stuff. They love to be pristine on match day, don't they? It's like, match day, fresh fade. Yeah. Not Patrick. He looks... <laughs> He looks, he looks like he needs a good shearing, but it's not going to happen, is it? He's fully committed. Yeah, no, I quite like that, actually. Good on him. Uh, what else was interesting? Um, you know yeah. you know, we're clutching when we're talking about Bamford there. <laughs> I enjoyed um, Robin Cock, you know, diving in. The, like, is there a game where he's not injured, where he's not had some sort of head clash? No, no, there isn't. It, it, and it's never, it's not like, um, he's not this kind of Cody type, is he? It's actually always head injuries i think he's just a just a warrior isn't he Love yeah, sticking his head in there he's bullish i like him yeah. joy i think I, I don't know if you saw it but i think um he tried to apologize to ayu or, or like went shake his hand and sort of ayu threw his arms away in frustration or something i just thought i yeah. think i hate ayu uh, more than zaha now to be honest like what is his problem like that game in in pre-season yeah it's a pre-season friendly and was still being an asshole and then yesterday as well it's just Sorry, did the result end up coming down to individual errors, do you think? Or, I mean, Cooper's been getting a lot of the blame, which I, I find a little bit harsh, if I'm honest. But then equally, I can kind of see the reasons for it as well. I wouldn't blame Cooper, but yeah, for sure, he's yeah, he's, he's messed up for the first goal, giving that free kick away. It's, it's one of them, and, and he has been caught a couple of times doing that now. And the second goal, it was just so easy. You know, Furpo does that, I'm fuming. Um, you know, it... it and it seemed pretty obvious that he wasn't going to shoot, to be honest. Um, you know, he, he overcommitted himself. Although Christensen played well, I was absolutely furious at the way he defended that free kick. I mean, I don't know if it's like whether Marsh has told him to not, you know, worry about the second ball or something. But you can't, you know, he was tight to his man when the balls floated over to him. And he's just literally backed off five yards, let him take it down and pass it. You know, it's completely disgraceful. It's like completely unacceptable. And and especially when he did the same thing against Southampton and it cost us a goal. So, you know, let's hope he doesn't do it again because otherwise he played really well, didn't he? He was, you know, he looked confident. He pretty much got the better of Zaha, you know, fairly comfortably. Um, he was he was looking good. So, yeah, that, that was really frustrating. I think there's an element for me of like a decoy Zaha in a way where it's, because he, he, he didn't really get into the game much, like they didn't, they didn't pass the, but they didn't look for him as an outlet a lot of the time in that game, which usually they do. So it made me think: is he just there to create space in the middle for them to try and to try and get at us? Which I think is probably the case. So I think um, there's an element of maybe he had a bad game, but also I think tactically they they knew what they were doing because I mean they basically switched to a four four two. So 
you know, yeah. we can't create anything against a four four two. I mean, if there's, there's there's something inherently wrong there, and you know, in the same way that we always used to say towards the end with BLC, you know, he, he he kind of has one way of working, and and that was kind of his downfall. The same can't happen again with Marsh. You know, you can, we can't just play this kind of football that lacks width, lacks any kind of you know proper overlapping and 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 um width coming from fullbacks it's happened a bit too much southampton was the the game that springs to mind as well where they just crept back into the game gradually it felt very much like that was felt like a repeat of that yesterday not just because of the scoreline but just the way the game kind of turned on its head and yeah that that's that's the overriding thing that i'm taking away is we need to make the changes sooner rather than just let you know letting the game take a hold of us really and especially I mean, for me, it was a carbon copy of the game last season at Selhurst Park. You know, we we started that game sort of 100 miles an hour. We weren't playing well, but, you know, we were sort of on top of them a bit. And it was a good, you know, the first half was, you know, a bit of a ding-dong battle. And then second half, I, I don't think, I think, again, I think we had one shot. I think Greenwood had like a P-roller in the last few minutes. And and it was it was just identical, the second half. Um Apart from this time we conceded. So yeah, you know, to say that it's happened before I mean, that, on that very ground against the same team, against the same manager, I, I don't know. I'd have to look back and I haven't, you know, in terms of whether Palace made the same sort of changes to to get on top of us then. But it is it is concerning that we are we, we do see it a lot. Um I mean when we're chasing a game. I mean, we should have been chasing that game, I suppose. Uh, but, you know, I'm sort of looking back and thinking like Everton at home, you know, that was good. You know, I enjoyed I enjoyed that second half and, and you know, we, we, we did really well there and Wolves we did. So, yeah, I'm struggling to put my finger on why they were so terrible, whether it was, you know, individuals rather than the tactics and the changes. It just, it, I think Marsh's tactics, when they don't work, it, it, we look really, really bad, you know, because it because it is like pretty basic stuff. So you know, we suddenly look like an under nines team. Uh, whereas when Bielsa was bad, you sort of you you understand, you know, maybe we have more respect for Bielsa's tactics. I guess maybe that's that's a, a difference. But yeah, I completely agree. In and I try I tried to get this out earlier, but it sort of my brain wandered off um, under the disappointment. <laughs> but um, I think that was the thing with Bielsa was that we created so many chances that in a game that it was still almost forgivable that we were getting pumped like four <laughs> or five nil. But I think it's the fact that when you can see a game creeping away from you as it did against Southampton and as it did against Palace and you're just not creating any chances, it becomes like so hard to watch because you don't yeah. you don't feel any way back into the game. It's not enjoyable because we're just a team that's making mistakes. Yeah. I think the the thing for me as well, I was gonna Draw the example of um, of Manu last season. So we got back to two two at home, and then went on to lose four two. Radrizani spoke about that as being the moment where he sort of knew he had to sack Bielsa because you know no team comes back from two 0 down and then still goes on to lose. And I, I sort of agreed with that. I remember coming away from that game, and that was the first time I thought, bloody hell, like you know that's the type of thing a relegation team does. And I feel the same about Palace on on Sunday. You know that. You know, Palace won't get an easier game than that. Like, can you imagine a team coming to Ellen Road and, and getting beaten so easily? Like, we don't really have to do anything. We just score a couple of goals and, and that's it. Don't have to work for it. Don't have to fight for it. That's what really worries me, especially after going ahead. But, you know, it, prob- it is still early days. It is early days and it has been a stop-start season. And, you know, 
I don't think it's time to panic. And I don't think people are panicking, really. I think Twitter's, like, full of people, like, being annoyed at people that are panicking, but, like, you don't actually ever see anyone panicking. I think everyone's got, you know, going to give this time and, and you know, we just hope that we start, you know, gelling and, and we don't see more of that. But, yeah, at the moment, it just it feels worrying if, if we're sliding in that direction. I don't think it's um, the end of the world and it, it's it's bad, but... I also think there are things within the overall setup at Leeds that can help us. And we had this conversation on message the other day, but I think someone like Rennie Marich and his technical nous and tactical nous will really help us. And you, and you think that you've got, there's so much data in sports and there's so much talent when it comes to understanding opposition and understanding tactics that all it takes is for someone in marsh's leadership group <laughs> because he makes leaders out a lot of them to say this isn't working like we need to change something so that's where i think that there is a positive um thread to all this in that uh, we keep drawing comparisons but back in the bielsa day it couldn't be compromised nothing would be changed but i don't think anything's off the table with marsh so and it's blatantly obvious something does need to give so I think it's just a case of when. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I, yeah, Mars won't. I can't see him being opposed to doing what's what's needed to be done. Uh, you know, I've I've sort of always been skeptical about about these Red Bull type tactics. You know, I, I, there are things about it that it like that I like, but I just feel like it's. I, I don't know. I just can't see it working in the Premier League unless you maybe if you've got like a, an incredible team. But you know, as an underdog, yeah, I, I just don't know. So. We'll see. I mean, what's he had now? 20, 20 games or something? You know, eight or nine with his with his actual team. And it is it is a young team. The players that have come in are young, but you know, that's not always a good thing. It, you know, we need we probably need some players that have been there and done it in the Premier League. You know, we, we've you know that's something that's actually missing badly in the squad. So you know, if anything, that maybe makes it worse. Even if there's scope to improve. You know, we're not in an environment, like he's kept saying at the end of last season, you know, it was sort of panic stations and the stress of it all. Well, that's not going anywhere. You know, that's going to be, that's that's already here, I imagine. The thing is with the European leagues as well is that they are of a, a lower quality. So if you have four or five players that, you know, can play in the Premier League, you look at Tyler Adams, Christensen and Aronson, they are more than capable of being in Premier League teams. But when your opposition is significantly worse and you've got less um, quality throughout the entire football club that you're playing against, then it's going to be easier. And the the thing is with the Premier League is it's it's such a machine of 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 clubs that big big teams that are trying to win games that the competition at all levels is is massive. So, and I think if you don't adapt in this league, you are you. Screwed basically, so I think that is the key thing. Is leads need to adapt to the fact that people are adapting to the way that they play. We ha- we have to be smarter. We have to be better, and it's all all the cl- cliches. But we do, you know. It's there's no other way. And we said it last week when we were talking that need to find ways of winning, like as simple as it is. And that that's the same, you know. And if if we're not winning games with how we play now, then something's got to change. Um, red card should there have been one. Um, yeah, I never noticed it at the time. I was watching in the pub, so I was probably slightly distracted. Um, I mean, not for me, really. You know, you look at, I suppose, the the Arsenal decision last week, and and then yeah, you you say that it is a red card. So, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm I'm like 
my my stance on it is that if I, like if I don't want it to be a red card in the game, I try and not get too annoyed about it. But then, you know, there is, uh, you know, that there was a body check, wasn't there? That uh, was it. Strike got he got booked for a body check that was exactly the same as one that their player didn't get a second yellow for. It's, it's it, it feels anti Leeds, um, but it's just it's what we've got, isn't it? I think it was just so clumsy that it was just like. That that for me was what made me think it should probably be a red because it was so far away from the ball. It was it was, yeah. it was standing on his foot that it just made me think, oh, that's a bit that's a bit rough. The grievances with it come from the fact that there have been others that have been given for it. But well, about the offside for the equaliser, his, his fingernail was definitely off, wasn't it? it uh, the echoes of Bamford's offside there were just <laughs> awful, weren't they? It's just so. Typically leads. Yeah. I hated the way the uh, Alan was it Alan Smith on the commentary. He said like he said like it was a it was a really tidy header or something like really tidy finish that like was it hell he like scuffed it into the floor. There's no way he was trying to bounce it into the top corner like that. <sighs> God. Yeah. And uh, MVP. Who's your MVP this game? Jeez. Um, I didn't think Rocker had a good game. I think that was I think that was the the worst I've seen him play. Yeah, he didn't. How long did he last? Oh, I'd definitely um, give it to Aronson. Rocker came off in the 84th minute. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Aronson for his uh, his lovely triple and um, assist, shall we say. I don't think he'd have got it as an assist, but if it's not his goal, then he can have the assist for me. And the, man has, and the MVP. Well done, Brendan. I'm going to go Rasmus Christensen. Mm. Because I've been quite harsh about him recently, and I think he did have a good game. Whether that was just Zaha doing a decoy on purpose, we'll never know. But yeah, for me, I think he he was miles better than he's been in every other game. Which is just that's like again, that is so leads that, isn't it? It's you would need everyone to step it up on the field, and the one the one person who everyone's <laughs> berated recently steps up and has a great game. Okay, so yeah, game week ten done. The points have got to come from somewhere. Are they going to come in game week 11 against Arsenal? Well, are Arsenal the real deal now? Are we sort of accepting that? Because like, I'm of the opinion still that... No, Liverpool are just rubbish. They're only a point ahead of us. <laughs> That's true. I think Arsenal are going to lose uh, fairly soon. Um, so if they don't lose to us, they will lose the next game. Um, that's for sure. So I don't know. It could be a really good fixture for us. You know, there's there's no pressure on us. Um, you know, it's a bit like the Chelsea game that, you know, they're not going to come here and waste time. Um, we can get at them. They're going to play it out from the back. Um, I think, I don't know, for some reason, I just feel like we could put in a massive performance and and get something. Um, deluded yeah. you are, Rocker. Bloody deluded. <laughs> I said we beat Man City last season when we lost seven. <laughs> so, in terms of our history of Arsenal, we've won 41, drawn 33 and lost 51. Uh, last time we beat them at home was November 2000. Olivier Dacor, a deflected free kick, if I remember. Um, yeah. I think I was at that game. And I've been, yeah, I've been to quite a few Leeds at Arsenals over the years. The, the very first, the well... The first game I can properly remember with my dad that I went to was Leeds Arsenal at home. We were sat in the West Stand. We lost three nil. Ian Wright scored two. Ooh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's chip over Lukic. Amazing. Yeah, that happened right in front of me. It was awful. And um, 
Stranger things have happened. I mean, I'll tell you these two things for a start, Rocco. So since returning to the Premier League in 2020, all six of Leeds l- league defeats from a winning position have been against London opposition. So we could we could start the game well, but we'll inevitably end it badly. Well, that's good. Good to know. Thanks for that one. LUFC data with that one. And um, yeah, th- th- I mean, one of the things to think about is we're only five points off Europe and Liverpool are four points off relegation. So... Uh, I'm not having it answering your question I do think Arsenal are the real deal this season I think they are looking good I think Man City are so good and will be so consistent that Arsenal are going to slip at some point because they've got a really young team are they like the second youngest team in the league I Mm. think something like that so you would think they would slip up somewhere hopefully they slip ups against us Um, but yeah they're just so good they've got so many good players in there I think Martinelli is ridiculous I think he causes so many problems last season and Odegaard's just a brilliant midfielder and Gabriel Jesus it's like he's just frightening he's gone on to another level he's the thing is he's taken the winning mentality from Man City and injected it into the Arsenal team and he looks frightening at times he's really sort of pulling the rest of the team up the field um so yeah, I don't. I don't fancy us getting anything out of it. I think in our predictions, I predicted a defeat. We probably all did, didn't we? Apart from you, no, no, no. <laughs> Have you gone for I a got, win? I went for one all. Oh, I, I, yeah. I thought this would be the one where we break the run of defeats against the big six. Um, obviously, that's gone. But um, yes, it's it's the Premier League, isn't it? Like it, it. Yeah, probably what we will find is that they're just on a different planet to us, and we can't cope. Whereas when we were last in it, you know teams at the bottom could beat the teams at the top and obviously it will happen this season you know there will be upsets but obviously it's getting it's getting less and less likely um but hey i will keep the faith we're gonna kill them this is the problem is is like you've got me thinking now that it's possible so (laughs) so i'm sat here thinking oh do you know what yeah you know like if aronson could have a good game i mean at chelsea he was just chasing stuff down and you know, he got his moment when the keeper made him. We, we can do this. this. This is where my head's going now. <laughs> well, I've got another thing, actually. Uh, I'm not going to the game on Sunday and we've got a brilliant record at home when I miss matches. Really? So, yeah, I'll, I should really have done some research. I'll maybe try and do some. Um, but yeah, we always seem to do well when I miss the game. So that's another positive. Yeah, and if that happens, then just bin off your season ticket. Maybe Done. we could, maybe we could allow you to like just stand outside the ground or something, just to get a bit of atmosphere. Have some fish and chips with your dad, soak up the atmosphere, and then go home. Okay, that's a deal. As long as we beat Arsenal, <laughs> thirty-two Any... quid a week I'll get for selling my ticket back to the club. It's that's not true. Bad money. Very true. So obviously, it's going to be a return of Ben White. I don't think he got a very happy reception last year, mainly because our fans were content at throwing coins and stuff allegedly at their mm. players. He seemed to defend that, but I miss Ben White. I can't believe he's a right-back now, though. Yeah, good one, by all accounts. Um, but not good enough to get in the England squad. He'll be well annoyed, won't he? Like, the one position that he has no prayer of getting into the World Cup squad is right-back, and he finds himself there. He annoyed me when he um, when he argued against the penalty that he conceded last season. Like, it was so, so blatant. Like, why would you even argue that, especially in VAR times? Yeah, he's just, yeah, I don't know. I've gone off him now. Thinks he's too big time. Don't like his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who moves on from Leeds they're just not worth knowing 
Cool. So moving on to fantasy league, we've we've like gone up ten places. Absolutely, fifty sixth now. Uh, we are fifty fifth, so eleven places. Who's our Leeds players that we've got in? Uh, Christensen. He got zero points. Absolute <laughs> tragedy. And Aronson got five. Um, oh, he did get an assist then. Yeah. So if you want to join the fantasy league, it's free to join. We're going to be adding some prizes into the pot for the winner at the end of the season. So, And usually our prizes are pretty good. You've only got to go back and uh, look to see what we've given away in the past. So yeah, go to leads.com and click on fantasy football and yeah, find the link to join there. Let's see who's top, sorry. Top is Bielsa Ball, Danny Walton. Oh, James, I hear you went to Thorpe Arch on Thursday. So my mate Jermaine Beckford, what was all that about? <laughs> so um, our good friend... Chris Reynolds, who have been to quite a few games with over the years, he won a competition through Socios, the cryptocurrency app, controversial uh, cryptocurrency app, not liked by certain members of our fan base, and I can see reasons as to why. Nevertheless, we were invited to go to Thorpe Arch to try and recreate <laughs> the Tony Eboa Liverpool goal, which in itself is hilarious. Um, but yeah, it was it was a. Uh, <laughs> A fun day, well, fun few hours out, let's say. Do you know what uh, really struck me was um, I've seen the video of you having a go and, you know, you are a good footballer. I will definitely give you that. And, like, you struck the ball cleanly, but, like, it loops up and, like, goes towards the bar. I don't even know if it reached it. Like, compared to your Boa strike, that's just like a thunderbolt that would have probably reached the M62. It's just, like levels when i when i took the shot i was just going for power i was like i am gonna hit it as hard as you bow hit it <laughs> so they're all, <laughs> so they all like skying over like massively so you know i would argue that we weren't far enough back from the goal i could i, I needed to be at least another hundred meters back and then it would have been fine but yeah his his technique was ridiculous and yeah you, you realize like how difficult it was to do but i always i remember as a kid like always you know a, a, it came up for the volley and you'd be like, you power with your mates before you hit. I didn't dare do that the other day because there was microphones and cameras. Well, I would also like to call you out for, as, as you were both left-footed players, yet <laughs> you refused to try with your weaker foot like your bower did. Yeah, it didn't do me any favours though. <laughs> Showed me up even more. But Chris hit an absolute peach, uh, which was, yeah, because obviously we did this with uh, Joffy and Sam Greenwood and and Willie Nyonto as well. And they all had goes and were really good. And and yeah, Chris hit an absolute perler, which got a big cheer from them. So I hope they've, they they must leave that on the cut. I know they're going to like completely screw me over. And I don't, I think the one that I volleyed in was like a really nice clean shot when the top corner, I looked around to see if the camera was there. They were pointing at the floor. Like, crying like out loud. Like the story. Crying out loud. <laughs> Um, but no, it was it was, a, it was really fun, and yeah, it, we even got to watch the the first team train, and we sort of stood pitch side watching them prepare for the Palace match, and it was just really interesting. Jermaine Beckford's a class act. It was a uh, amazing doing uh, playing keepy ups for Jermaine Beckford, him showing me his tricks and asking me to show him mine as well. It's his amazing, repertoire better than mine. <laughs> He's been gassing me up. He said, uh, what a read about my new book, League One Leads, oh, on yeah, Instagram. Bless him. Yeah. Uh, so did he have a go? It, the, didn't, uh, it didn't, say, didn't say sponsored uh, Instagram post on that one, though, did it, Rock? <laughs> um, he had a go, um, and I offered to like 
throw the ball up for him to have another go and he refused his his knees are in such bad shape that he just can't he knows his limits now he has like one shot and then that's it so <laughs> felt bad for him he's in good shape though one thing i did do um i saw victor Otto was there and he came over and shook our hands really uh, yeah and uh introduced himself i tried to hold his hand for that awkward longer second and say don't go to chelsea but he didn't hear me so <laughs> well that sounds like a great day so when are they re- uh, releasing the footage they're not they're never releasing it <laughs> you're never gonna see it it's one of these fake things that socios put on sometimes <laughs> no i just mean that i'm just never gonna tell anyone that it's, that it's there because you'll see my shots blaze into the steelworks in the roof of the uh, uh but yeah it was amazing thanks for if anyone at the club listens, thanks. It was it was so good. And I wish everyone could experience that sort of thing once in their lifetime. It was amazing. Right, before we go, Rocco, uh, what's your word? I prepared my word um, ah. in advance, um, but it doesn't really work now. Um, my word was guff uh, as a tribute to a former member of the team here at Leeds that, um, because it also obviously was a guff performance on Sunday. I'm going to go with... London. We lost mm. in London again, and we're probably going to get beaten by a bunch of Londoners uh, this weekend. So, uh, God, we've got to be more upbeat than this, haven't we? Can we get something out of this game? Come on, let's let's leave on something positive. Yes, I've told you we're going to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, can we do it? Can we get something out of this game? Can we? Um, ah, let let's not. Well, you can't say let's finish on a positive and then expect me to give a seriously answer. All right, I'll give you a positive. Xhaka, red card, second minute. Oh, yes. I'm liking that. Game on. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if that's the thing that we've got to pray for, we're screwed. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. (laughs) You never know. Crazier things have happened, so let's just see what happens. We'll see you again soon. Network.